Hey, hey. Welcome in. We are live. Going live, answering four floor plan. Blah, blah, blah. Let's start off saying words that form normal noises. Um, we are talking about floor plans today. This is the podcast, Builder versus Buyer. I'm the host, Adam Steiner. Um, thanks for listening today. And um, as always, we are live on all the channels, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and LinkedIn. If you're there and have a question, comment, or concern, um, let me know. Hit me up in the chat. Um, if you're joining now on TikTok, now is the chance to get some questions. Um, if you have floor plan questions or anything you're worried about with your upcoming build, like let me know. Um, I would love to answer those for you. And um, I am going to also for the listeners of the podcast, um, I am offering a sale right now on my ultimate room layout guide. So um, I put together a document for people that are starting to design residential homes. And what it is, is I lay out pretty much any room I can think of, a handful of examples of that type of room. So there's a bunch of kitchens, um, primary baths, secondary baths, great rooms, dinings, all that. And then I actually break down what I typically do for sizing, any applicable notes, um, doorways, really a whole comprehensive document there. So the sale is for anybody listening to the podcast, email me. Adam at burnhamdesign.com, B-I-R-N-A-M design.com and say, hey man, I love your podcast and I will give you 25% off for the ultimate room layout guide, either the PDF or the CAD version. So do that. I'd love for you to reach out and hear from you. If you're enjoying, enjoying this and that sale will be up, um, I'll probably be up through July 5th. So that's there for you. Again, those of you on TikTok, thank you so much for joining. Do you have a floor plan question? Is there something you're worried about in your build? Um, anything like that, hit, it, hit me up in the chat. I would love to answer those for you. All right, let's dive into the podcast today. A few things I think everybody needs to know if they're going into a building project. And I, I saw this a lot on our Facebook group, Home Building Help. Um, reach out if you want to be part of that awesome place for a lot of really good help about home building. Um, but a couple of people were, were burned recently because they, they had a situation where they told the sales agent or told the builder up front, Hey, we don't want X, Y, or Z, or we do want X, Y, or Z because of our current living situation or, um, anything like that. And then the home gets framed and they realize it's not there. Um, and it, it can be really frustrating, especially if you have emails or documentation from the people saying you said that, but here's the key for everybody building. And I need you, um, to pay attention to this, um, telling a sales agent or builder something means nothing. Make sure what you want is either in their option sheets, um, a work order, addendum, or on the floor plans. If it's not in one of those places, um, it takes a lot of trust with your builder to get to the point where um, you know that they're going to do it. If if it's not documented 
and you're sure they're going to do it, um, that takes a lot of trust. But um, if if you are anywhere in the project and you have something come up like that, I would just ask politely to get it on paper. Um, really, really encourage you to do that. All righty. Um, I also got the question, and I'm curious for your feedback. So if you're listening to this, I've yet to see a plan like this. Somebody asked me this week for a floor plan with a single primary bedroom, but then the suite is attached to two fully separate baths and two fully separate closets. Um, so each partner can have a um, their own bathroom, own shower space, own toilet, everything. Is that something um, that would be beneficial to you? Is that something you want in your home or not? Let me know. Okay, a couple other things that popped up in my head this week. So I do a lot of floor plan reviews for people. It's a service I offer, like whether or not you used me as your designer, I would be happy to review your plan and just walk you through you know, what's going on in my head. And I thought it'd be helpful for you all to hear what do I see when I look at a floor plan um, and try and break it down as much as possible. So first glance, um, you send me the PDF. I open it up. The very first thing I look at is structure and how I can make it cleaner. So um, I'm usually looking at bump outs, bearing, um, how a roof is going to sit. This is the, the key thing. And I think this is the core of design, but how is a roof going to sit on that structure? Um, and it's, it's twofold, right? It's, it both has to look really appealing and that, that has to do with proportions. You just kind of have to feel it out um, and draw it. And then also from a build a constructability standpoint, like how expensive is it? going to be to put a roof on this building are the spans huge are there any bearing points i can catch that can i can carry it onto the basement um so that's number one that's the very first thing i look at almost any plan even if somebody's not asking me to um see if their plan can be any cheaper it's still the very first thing i'm thinking about um number two is walkways and traffic so Hallways are a really sneaky culprit of square footage in your floor plan. They eat up a ton. And so if you can use them effectively and not like when I see beginner designs, they have way more hallway hallways and hallway space than needed. Usually when it's someone's first floor plan, there's just a lot of them. And I think hallways can be a really, really good thing and help in separating space. Um, and giving some privacy to spaces and things like that if they're used tactfully. Um, but don't just throw them around there. Like I, I really like to think about the hallway space because it's not, it's hallways are rarely bringing you a ton of value in your floor plan. So um, that would be number two I look at. And then number three is the nitty gritty spaces. So the, the small spaces in the plan um, that are easy to not think about. So I think when most people see a floor plan, they assume the baths are an appropriate size. The laundry is an appropriate size. The pantry is an appropriate size. Like all the stuff with little walkways and little built-ins and um, things like that. Like I really hone in on those areas and 
I try to pay attention to um, how how it's actually going to feel to be in that room. Like I draw a lot of five foot wide baths, but I do want people to know like that's that's kind of on the narrow side. Um, so if there's a way to widen that out, it really feels a lot better if you can, if you have the space for it in your floor plan. Um, it's it's something I would I would think about. Um, same thing with pantries. Like people are wanting to put more appliances and things in their pantries now. And it's just, you know, the, the symbol that is thrown on the CAD file, um, the symbol that's thrown on the CAD file in the plan is not necessarily how big that appliance is when it gets to real life. So thinking a couple steps ahead as far as like, is it going to feel weird to walk past that washer or dryer or that fridge um, or freezer? you know, making sure there's enough space in there for those. Um, and again, the room layout guide breaks out a lot of this. So um, roomlayoutguide.com if you're interested. And as I mentioned at the top, there's a sale, 4th of July sale, 25% off if you email me. Um, so yeah, small places, uh, small spaces is what I look at for number three. Number four is mechanicals. Um, so I think you... Any plan needs to be needs to think through mechanicals at some stage, and I like to think through them earlier than later. But I'm I'm also not an expert, so if there's if there's a way to get this in front of the big one is HVAC, but plumbing doesn't hurt as well. Um, to get those in front of contractors that actually like have will be the ones installing it um, is really helpful, and they can they can give their case as to why you know, the, the mechanical room might need to be a little bit bigger. Or if you move it a foot this way, it helps with um, the trunk line being close to the steel beam in the basement. There's just a lot of examples like that, that again, with people's first plans, that's, that's something that's rarely ever thought about. Um, and I would just encourage you to think about it earlier. So, and then lastly, it's the layout, the flow, um, the big room sizes, um, pay a lot of attention to the kitchen. I think that's the core of the home as like, that's not shocking to anybody. I think most people know. Oops. Sorry. Bonked the mic there. So yeah, that's it. When I look at floor plans um, and on the note of mechanicals, I think that's a good segue into the next topic. Oops. Sorry. Here at TikTok. Um, if you're one of those people on TikTok, let me know where you're watching from. And again, if you have any questions, hit me up in the chat. I'd love to answer those for you. Um, sorry, segueing from mechanicals, how to get trades to show up. Got a great question again in that Facebook group of, man, it's, it's hard to get trade contractors on my job. How do I consistently get them and get them showing up um, and running a tight schedule, everything like that. I think let's get the obvious stuff out of the way. Um, the bigger volume builder you are, like you're just going to have more pull. And I think anybody that's building over 20 units knows that. And um, yeah, you probably didn't come to this podcast for the this sort of advice, but that's an obvious one. So if you are a single, you know, you're a single client building your own home, you it's going to be hard for you to get um, to get uh, to get some pull there. Um, so, but let's break out some other things to get trades to show up, pay more, but also pay quickly. Um, if you get a reputation for paying quickly, um, one builder I worked for that I did designs for, 
Um, if I got an invoice to them before Friday, they cut me a check that Friday. It was awesome. Like, um, it's so easy to work with people like that because it's just, it makes your life really, really, um, really go seamlessly. Um, and then let's get into some more deeper dive detail stuff. That's not quite as surfacey, clear documentation, um, work orders, option sheets, floor plans, very clear, easy to read. Even like think about the font on those pages. Think about the page size. Ask your contractors what size paper they want. Do they want 24 by 36? Do they have an 11 by 17 printer and they prefer the smaller size? Like ask those questions so they will probably appreciate it. Um, so make sure that that stuff is clean and easy. The option sheet should be super detailed, great model numbers, have colors readily available that like a trade shouldn't show up on your site um, and have any questions. They shouldn't have to call anybody. So if, if that's the, if that's your thought process, like every answer they need is here, that's so helpful. And that will help them. It'll encourage them to keep coming back to your site more often. Um, materials delivered and checked on site. Again, they don't need to call anybody. I would say like, if you're GCing your own house, I would encourage you with every delivery, make sure all the stuff is there before you ask the trade to show up. Um, you know, again, just eliminate anything that can be an excuse for someone to leave. Um, and then lastly, clean site. Um, put it in your work orders. Make sure every trade cleans up after themselves. And if they don't, you clean it. Like, don't make a trade work in a mess. They're not going to be excited about that. That kind of stinks. Um, yeah, so... All right, got a couple questions here. Um, let's see here. Hey there, what's the best way to reach you for floor plan review? Um, either hit me up on Instagram or my email. Instagram is at Burnham Design Co. B I R N A M Design Co. And then, um, or my email, Adam at BurnhamDesign.com. All right, got a question here. Kitchen Islands is eight by four, no sink, decent. All these YouTube designers seem to have the longest ones. Yeah, there's there's a lot. So what I fall back on is first call the countertop manufacturer, whether that's granite, quartz, if you're doing something custom like concrete, get a feel for how big their slabs are and how big you can even make an island. Um, I think it's hard to say what's the right size island for everybody. Um, if it's Sorry, let me back up. Calling the slabs, um, if it's bigger than what, they can do in a single slab, there'll be a seam in it. Um, and so a lot of people don't love that, especially in the kitchen island centerpiece of the kitchen, um, to have a seam and a granite or quartz isn't the most attractive thing, but some people are fine with it. Um, so as far as sizing eight by four, um, I mean, that's a really good size. It's going to feed a ton of people. You can seat a bunch of people at that. Um, you know, a family of four or five is probably gonna be able to sit there and have dinner at that Island. No problem. Um, but it's, it's hard for me to say exactly what is right for you. Um, but eight by four with no sink seems like an awesome Island size. Um, yeah, you'll have a ton of seating and storage space. Um, so hopefully that answers your question there. How do landscaping costs effectively allow room to grow? but still want you to have home privacy between neighbors and sight lines. Um, that's a great question, but I don't actually do too many landscape plans. Um, 
and landscaping, surprisingly, this is a little bit weird, but surprisingly isn't, um, isn't included in a lot of my projects. So it's done with the client afterward. Um, yeah, I would say to contact a landscape architect for that probably, or landscaper, um, they may have some better advice than I do. So Mike, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> Prepping the next question, he says. Awesome. Um, so yeah, again, for those of you just jumping on, if you have other questions, um, I've done a lot in the home building industry, um, been part of um, a few different builders from semi-custom to more production to all the way up into the, the custom realm. So if there's, if there's a question you have, especially on the front end of stuff, um, I've probably dealt with it in some shape or form. So hit me up. I'd be happy to help where I can. Let's see here. Um, sorry, pulling something up. Have I ever mentioned on this podcast that hosting a live show is sometimes hard? Um, <laughs> it's fun, you know, because you have to pay attention to a handful of things. And then there's people watching you at that moment. You're trying to fill all of the sound, all the space with sound, I should say. Um, and it's not always the most seamless or easy. Like I said, I've had great respect for radio hosts and things people like solo radio host that does this four hours a day for five days a week. That's nuts. That is nuts. When you look at floor, another question here, when you look at floor plans and the overall builds, have you done spray foam on walls, but not in ceiling and it's open cell. Um, typically when I see spray foam, it's everywhere. Um, I get why it makes sense. I'm assuming why you'd want to do this is because with the ceiling, you have all that attic space. Um, you could just blow in R60 or whatever. You could blow in three feet of insulation. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be foam, need to be foam and you could still get a good R value. Um, so I haven't seen this done specifically. Um, so, but I, I don't see any, any problem with it in the, like from a building science perspective, um, open cell is a little more um, vapor permeable. Um, so you, in theory, won't have, um, yeah, vapor can pass through there as well. The big, the big thing as you get into more high insulation um, situations is then you can, um, then you can start to, have this condition where um, water vapor is actually inside your wall. And then like in the summer, it condenses inside your wall and you don't even know it. And so water um, that doesn't have anywhere to go is the best case to grow mold. Um, but usually vapor permeable stuff is a little bit better um, because it is draining out. Um, so if you're going to do a closed cell, look at it a little tighter. Um, you want to do some, what's it called? Um, condensation calculations. Um, 
and all that to make sure that um, the water vapor isn't condensing in the walls. But to answer your original question, um, spray, spray foam on walls and not in the ceiling, I think would be fine. Um, just pay attention to the whole system building envelope and really try and dial it in. Got a question here on TikTok. Looking to build a custom fourplex out of concrete block and steel. Any advice on where to start? Um, so concrete block walls and then steel um, floor system, I assume. Is it multiple stories, single story? Um, I think the... I mean, typically when you see, when you want to build a multi-unit, um, I, you, you always have to start with the land and most design, but really for multi-units because they're very strict on, unless you're in a PUD and those rules are weird. Um, but they're very strict on where the lot lines are and the parcels and you don't want to get into condo units. And so a fourplex has to sit on their own land. And so typically the parcels dictate completely how that design is going to go. Um, so block is awesome because um, it won't, um, if you did entire block walls, separating like a demising wall, separating the two units um, that you don't need any, I don't know that you would need much fire suppression. I'd have to look into that. Um, but block obviously is not flammable. Um, so that would help in fire suppression. It'd help a ton in sound deadening. Um, so sound deadening is, it, it's a, there's a lot that goes into it, but it roughly boils down to what materials are touching other materials and then the mass of the materials that the sound is moving through. So if you had two block walls that were separated even by like an inch air gap, I can't imagine much sound would get through there. Um, there might be some STC ratings on a system like that. Um, you can Google uh, STC ratings, sound transmission coefficient um, for block walls and see if, see if something comes up. Um, so that's, that's something I would look into um, a floor of floor plex can get, yeah, you can get really complicated. Um, but then for the design, like, Make sure you know your market, know what people want. Um, all that stuff is, yeah, I could bore you with details on that. But um, hopefully that answers a little bit of your question. If you have more questions, hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to love to help out if I could. Um, my Instagram handle is the same one as my TikTok. All right. I started designing using VR goggles currently in Revit. What do you think of the future of architecture? Um so I have a VR headset and I've done the VR walkthrough with one client. Um, an associate of mine modeled it in Revit. Um, and then I went in and uploaded all the furniture and did all the, the wall colorings and finishes and all that. Um, it's really, really cool. You need an awesome graphics card to handle it. Like I have a 2060 super, which is nice. Um, but even then the client was getting a little motion sick. Like I think you need to, it's not quite there where it's just really fluid. Um, and I, I think there's a, um, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't want to put a virtual headset on in a meeting. Like they're, they care about how their hair looks or, um, 
I don't know how they'll look with the thing on their face. Like, I, I don't think we're still, we're that quite there yet as a society where everybody thinks it's awesome, even though it is awesome. Um, VR is by far the best way to feel your space. Um, if you want to know, like, what is, how's it going to feel with this ceiling vaulted at this way? And it, it's, it, I don't know how to explain it, but through depth perception, you really get an awesome, awesome feel for how the space is going to interact um, so yeah, but I, I don't, sorry, lost myself there. Um, but I think, I think the 3d modeling aspect, like it's only going to be more and more prevalent. Um, especially when people realize they can see it in 3d, it just, it helps so much. Like I do 3d exteriors for all my clients and they're really I, I can tell based on their, their um, reaction to me, they really only buy into the plan once they see the 3D exterior because it's just so much more life um, and it looks so dead in two dimensions. So yeah, I think in some way, everybody needs to, to be designing in 3D um, at some sort. But um, yeah, I'd, I would love to have more clients do the, the VR stuff and have that at every meeting, but it just isn't something that I'm being asked of a lot. Um, would come in handy when reading blueprints too. Yeah, it would um, be on the on the site and pull it up in 3D and be like, oh yeah, that's what it's supposed to look like. Um, I'm sure some builders out there are doing it and that's, that's awesome and you should keep doing it. But um, any resources you would recommend for painters who want to learn more about design? Um, the best book... I, I shouldn't say best book because I'm not much of a reader, but something that really helped me was Home by Design by Sarah Suzanka. Um, she does a really great job at breaking it down in a practical way. Um, so I would start with that book. Um, also, my room layout guide is for sale and I'm running a promo right now, 25% off if you email me, um, Adam at Burnham Design Co. So that room layout guide has every room in the house laid out with dimensions I typically use and stuff. So it's a good, it's a good way to get started on um, how big should a powder room be? How big is my kitchen need to be? How big do those walkways need to be? All that stuff. We have somebody disagreeing on TikTok, and I don't know which comment they disagreed to. So if you're still watching, um, let me know what you disagree with. I'd be happy to chat about it. Um, Floor plans. We've seen plans with not too many long hauls, but they did seem wider at three and a half to four feet, maybe. Yeah. So hallway width is a good one. Um, by code, I think three foot minimum. Um, but I never draw at three feet, especially like I draw at a framed dimension. So I always want to do a couple, a couple extra inches just to be safe. Um, things change between plan and framing. Um, and you know, maybe the foundation isn't square and something needs to slide an inch to get the home back in square. And if that inch is taken from where you didn't want it to be, and you're, now you're out of code and you're ripping stuff out, it could be a mess. So I never draw at a minimum. My personal standard for most 75% of what I do is three and a half feet. Um, the bigger custom homes, I'll go up to four. I do like like four to five feels great, especially in staircases. If you have, have it, it just feels so luxury. Um, to, to have that width and operate in it. Um, but it's also, like I said, at the very, very top of the episode, it's 
um, a sneaky culprit of square footage. So you really have to balance it. Um, but yeah, three and a half to four feet is usually the sweet spot for where I end up. Um, which product do you prefer for basement walkout walls, poured block superior walls? Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I've done a couple homes with ICF. Um, they, I haven't got out to the field to see them yet. Um, but I'm really excited to, um, so that's an awesome system and makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it's expensive though. It's, it's more money. Um, I would say between like poured and block do what your market does. Like, I don't think there's, I don't have an enough opinion to, they're both structurally fine. Um, and so ask, ask a foundation contractor near you. Hey, like what, what is cheaper? Um, and I would just go with that. I like, I don't think there's, um, a big difference. Superior walls. I've heard of that. that's a brand name, right? Um, I'd have to look that up. Is that the, like prefabbed metal with insulation, I think. Um, yes. Um, I had a friend do these on his house. Said it was awesome. Foundation went up super fast. Um, really easy to work with. Like he's a trim guy and he did this himself. Um, the superior wall system, I believe. Like he had an excavator just dig the hole and then he put the superior walls in. Um, and then the insulation's all there, everything. And it's a steel stud wall too. So you have the, the framing there. Um, you wouldn't really need that on a walkout wall though, because from a walkout wall, your foundation is below grade. And then the basement wall would actually be conventionally framed. So like, uh, most likely a two by six. Um, so you could do your typical insulation system in the two by six or whatever going up. So you don't really need, um, Superior walls would be on the other three walls of the house, so the front and the sides, but not the back. Um, I guess you could put it below grade to keep the insulation line going down, um, and that does help some to insulate below your footings because um, heat does transfer through that area. Um, but it's, yeah, it'd be more key in the other walls, but it is a really cool system. Um, really, really neat. So if like I had a limited budget, it'd be superior walls or ICF or ICCF. There's one that's, um, it's made of, it's like ICF, but it's made of, uh, um, recycled materials. I think, I think it's ICCF. Um, so if I had a limited budget, that's what I do, but I don't. So every time I've built, I've built twice and they've both just been formed concrete walls. So there's that boom. Well, we're at about 30 minutes here. That's typically how long the episodes are. Um, thanks to all of you that jumped in with some questions. It makes it fun. Um, if there's any more last minute questions, um, let me know. Oh yeah. Original poster said hard to find contractors, you know, ICF. Yes. I think you're right about that. Um, but yeah, any last minute questions hit me up. I'm just going to close out here. So I am Adam Steiner. I'm, a home designer. Um, I started my own business, Burnham Design Co., that I design um, almost all over the country now. Um, do some floor plan reviews for people. And then, then I've got some resources on my site that you can download either for free or there's premium versions. Um, so yeah, look up look up that stuff. My site is burnhamdesign.com, B-I-R-N-A-M. Um, 
And then follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Burnham Design Co. I'm on LinkedIn some. If you want to connect, I'd be happy to. Um, yeah, reach out. Let me know if you like the episode. If there's anything else I can help you with, that would be great. Um, and check out roomlayoutguide.com um, for that and the sale this weekend. Again, email me, adam at burnhamdesign.com and say, hey man, love your podcast. And I will give you a code for 25% off. Personally, personal discount. There you go. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Have a happy Wednesday and I will talk to you soon.